Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... We're an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. February 23rd, 2023, 02-23-23. This is Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Hope everybody's having a great start to their morning. It's going to be another hot, beautiful, and maybe slightly windy day. Hopefully, you're going to be able to enjoy it like you did a Kentucky basketball victory last evening, 7 o'clock start, so you're able hopefully to get to bed at a decent hour, first 7 o'clock tip-off on a weeknight, seemingly in a good while. So we're refreshed, we're ready to go, and we're ready to talk the Cats. Roush, how are you? I'm doing well. I didn't really know what to do after the game. I was like, wait, it's it's only 9 o'clock. What's, what's going on? I'm supposed to be... Like trying hard to go to sleep. Like no, I just kind of hang out for a little bit. So I did. Uh, I got on the porch swing. It was nice. It was a nice night while the rain was dropping. I had a good night. Are you Are you feeling better, TJ? Did Were you able to enjoy uh, the outdoors yesterday? Because I enjoyed it so much, it's kicked up the allergies. You know how that goes. Um, I went outside for probably a combined ten seconds yesterday. Uh, mm. I, I I did have to pick up the daughter. At school, just because the wife who basically took care of me all day, she actually had to get some work done, and school's only three minutes away from me. So went up. that was my only extent outdoors yesterday. The majority of the day spent in bed, felt absolutely horrible. Um, we've had a stomach bug. This is the third time since October that we've had a stomach bug do the exact same thing. I mean, a stomach bug is a stomach bug. If you've had it before, you know what I went through or what our families went through. But it's weird how it goes. Baby gets it. Baby's sick. That's not that's the, that's not fun at all. We don't like no. that. No. Then, and this is the exact order, three times since October, then wife gets it. Wife feels horrible. And she's she never really feels all that bad. So when she's feeling bad, it's not uh, it's not good. And my dumb butt thinks like, well, baby got sick, wife got sick. I would have already gotten it if it, because it'll be like, what you know, Sunday was baby, Tuesday was wife, and then Wednesday was me. And but mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking like, all right, if I if baby already had it, I would have already gotten it. If wife already has it, I would already gotten it. 
nope. For the third time since October, it goes that exact same way. We're baby, <laughs> wife, then me. Uh, and I swear, I feel like I handle it the worst out of the other three. Like, you know, everybody's miserable and nobody's feeling good. But, like, it, like, hurt to just roll over in bed. I was so achy. Uh. And then not to include, like, all the extracurriculars that goes on with the stomach bug. But it was a miserable 24 hours. And my stomach's a little rumbly today. I'm definitely not 100%. But comparatively to yesterday, it is so much better. So thank you for asking. I look forward to spending a little bit more time outdoors Uh, and then another thing is just like the lack of sleep even though you're not doing anything all day except like supposedly trying to sleep it just like hurts to roll over so you'll fall like last night i fell asleep for an hour and then i wake up and then i felt i'd fall asleep for another hour and then i'd wake up and so on and so forth but again comparatively it's night and day feels so much better and uh, thank you all for for carrying the load yesterday i was I'm always probably going to be a late scratch just because I I hate missing radio and I love doing this show and I have so much fun doing it. So like if there's a chance I'm going to be able to do it, I'm going to try to do it. So again, apologies for the late scratch yesterday. Heard good things from you all. Uh, a Facebook co- a Facebook commenter said that there was no condescend no condescending voice on the radio yesterday. So uh, I heard I heard good things from you too. So thanks for for carrying the torch. The one thing we didn't hear. And this was, this was an oversight on our part. And thankfully, ESPN has been promoting a highlight play from this game. But we did not discuss Eastern Michigan's win over Western Michigan. Scoots, woohoo! Let's get let's roll off the checkered tape. Yeah. Oh, it's You're- over now. Seven. There is no shots to. It's mathematically impossible that Louisville gets to seven wins. I'm pumped. Would you say that there's no chance in France? No chance in France. Yeah. No no chance wow. in America. No chance in France. No chance anywhere. Huh. Uh, wow. I, nice to see you let your hair down and celebrate a little bit. You you were confident the whole time. You never yeah. were not confident. I mean, right. Maybe there's one day that you were like, oh, I don't know. It's going to be close. But 99% of the time, you were incredibly confident. You felt good about the bet that you had made. and But you, you were waiting to celebrate. And this seems like this is your celebration now. Yeah, I think this is this is the appropriate time to celebrate. I mean, Louisville, I think they could have theoretically gotten to six. It was going to be tough, but I could have seen them somehow getting to six, especially with the conference tournament. They've got that easy matchup in the first round. So seven, seven really just seems like the magic number that Louisville cannot catch. I'm yeah, positive. I don't. I think I think you're safe. The only thing that worries me is one, U of L is playing a little bit better. Oh yeah. Two, they've got Georgia Tech this weekend, a team that they have beaten. This time it's on the road, so they could definitely lose that one, uh, but they could win. And they got Virginia Tech at home. You could beat. They could beat Georgia Tech. They could beat Virginia Tech. And then you, they're not winning at Virginia. Although, how about Virginia losing to Boston College last Sheesh. night? Wolf, Oof. Wolf. That's, that team's going to win the ACC, everybody. And they just went on the road and, and lost to, to to Boston College. Now that Kentucky doesn't have a bad loss or two on the season, but yikes! Boston College was one of the worst Power Five teams I watched when I watched them play Louisville, and I've seen them play Duke. They almost beat Duke for what it was worth, but. Uh, that was a terrible, terrible loss for Virginia. They're probably going to be a three seed in the NCAA tournament, and I would foam at the mouth with the opportunity to be their six seed if uh, if it does happen. So, Scoots, I would, I, I don't know. I think you're safe. I thought you would be safe the entire season. 
But if you have all, that Virginia Tech game will be a big one. If they can beat Virginia Tech at home, then I think you'll have to be slightly nervous for a tie, but you, you ain't losing. That, it, I am confident in that. You're not losing. They are paying $500. Louisville's not beating Virginia Tech. They are not even – I think they're going to play Georgia Tech close, but I think they'll lose that game as well, and that, that'll all but end it. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. If they lose to Georgia Tech on Saturday, you're, you are 100% correct. That will definitively end it. And, and I probably agree with you that they'll lose to Georgia Tech on the road, but not impossible that they – that they could win that game. But congrats, buddy. Uh, they talked about it on the Rutherford show yesterday, and Trevor was still trying to do some rationalize his way. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. it could happen. They're playing better. Eastern Michigan's not going to get to the MAC tournament. Blah, I mean, blah, 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 blah. Playing better for Louisville is also just losing by single digits instead of double digits. I mean, it's, uh, it's all relative. It's all very yeah. relative for that program. I, I want to yeah. thank you guys for your support during the bet. It's, it's really meant a lot to me. Couldn't have done it alone. Hey, this, 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 we had to fire Trevor because of his bad music choices here on the radio show. You're our producer. We stand by you. That's we right. Stand by your Eastern Michigan versus U of L total win total bets, where the combined total is going to be like 11 <laughs> or 12, uh, which is just wild. That's going to be the number. But uh, this will be something that we will that like the big exports radio, Rutherford, Trevor, obviously Roush, Scoots, and myself. We'll talk about for a very, very long time. Oh, and I was doing radio. We had some producers make a $500 bet who'd get more wins between U of L and Eastern Michigan. Guess what the winning number was? Well, it's not even us. Seven. Spears brings it up all the time. He he will be looking at his college basketball schedule, and he'll like look at me. Hey, Eastern Michigan plays tonight. They're nine-and-a-half-point underdogs every single day that they play. So it's not just the people that are involved, but all the shows at the Big X are invested in this bet. It's It's been a lot of fun. Well, it makes me wonder what you two can cook up next year. That's true. Thousand dollars. What you gotta do is you just have to find a transfer that U of L whiffs on, which will be probably several of them, and then you'll just need to pick one of their teams. And Trevor will be like, "Ah, we don't want them anyways." Kenny Payne's building something special. Blah 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 blah. And you'll say, "I bet that team wins more games than U of L." And you'll be like, ah, "That's not happening." And then boom, there's your bet. I just, you gotta do, you gotta do something. I don't know that I tempt fate like that again. I mean, that's this has been the biggest bet I've ever made in my entire life. I'm I'm feeling extremely grateful. Knock on wood that I'm gonna win the thing. So I don't I don't know that I want to try again next season. Although I I do think you're right. Trevor would go for it hook, line, and sinker. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You can get him if uh, if you choose to do such. But. Congrats. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it here over the next couple weeks, but it, it does seem like it's it's trending in a great direction for you, Scoots, and we're very happy about that. Um, basketball last night, Roush. Yeah. Very, very happy. The Cats got a win. Yep. I think we also saw why this team has nine losses on the season. I'm not... I'm not going to be negative about the game. There's some things that you got to be critical of, no doubt about it. But they got right, a road right. win. It was a quad one road win. It's 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 great. Um, it's a it's the winning streak moves to three games. Mm -hmm. You three quad one games too, which is really impressive. You'll have another chance at I think a quad one on Saturday, but Auburn's hovering right around that quad one territory. Uh, but it's a big deal. It's a big deal for the Cats. It, short handed. Played the same lineup the duration of the second half. Uh, and it was a game of runs. Kentucky would find themselves up seven before you could blink. Florida would be up one. or They would have tied the game or been down one. 
And Kentucky would get back up eight and rinse and repeat. And obviously the biggest swing of the game was when UK found themselves up 30-15, to 15, doubling up the Gators with uh, just under eight minutes to go. And in that eight-minute stretch, Kentucky got outscored by 16 freaking points and was trailing at halftime. Mm-hmm. Put ourselves in the mind and the brain, a scary place to be, of Nick Roush at halftime of last night's game. UK's trailing after having its best start of the college basketball season. Like those first 12 minutes were really as good as it's been for UK uh, to from tip off to the under eight timeout, which is a weird metric to track, but it, I mean, factually true. So what, what are you thinking at half? Where are you at? UK has a great start and they're trailing. I am at the... I think I've I've just come to the acceptance, the realization that this is a good, not great team. And the biggest difference, I think, between those two is being able to just really twist the knife. You know, and, and that that's 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 been their problem all year is you feel like you have these opportunities put to put the team away and they just they can't they they struggle to do so. Um so I was I, I was at the point where I don't, I don't know indifferent wasn't the right word but there was very much a uh, well I was hoping this would be stress-free but I still think they've got this that they're they're a much better team than Florida Florida's hitting shots let's defend the three-point line a little bit better and take away their second chance opportunities should be all right and uh they were they were there was some the the defense is really I think just it, it's Pretty clear that that's what's holding this team back from being good to to great, uh, because they they often get in some bad mismatches where you have guys either just wide open or that's an easy beater at the rim, and then there's no rim protection, or just there's some guys who are too easily beaten off the dribble. Like it's just the, the defense is if you if you space this team out, uh, you and you have some athletic guards, you can get on some one on one situations. Now that. Kawasi Reeves or whatever, like that dude's just a freak athlete. He's going to beat some guys. He was going to make some plays. I appreciated that Kentucky did not back down from that guy. Like there was a couple nasty blocks. I mean, Casey Wallace even got dunked on for, I mean, they, they didn't finish it, but I mean, they didn't back down from that guy. The Kugler guy, it frustrated the hell out of me seeing him get open as much as he did. It's like, just defend the shooter, defend the guy. But when you don't have multiple guards, you're stuck with Chris Livingston guarding that guy. Um, so there was just going to be a, a few disadvantages in that regard. Meanwhile, Oscar had the advantage over Jatoba uh, and was just balling. So throughout the second half, is like, okay, Kentucky can pretty much score whenever they want, but can they get the stops? And by God, I, I, I've got a bone to pick with Tom Hart. It, he was the guy, he was, he was the worst jinxy cat of all the jinxy cats because, TJ, I know every time you felt like, okay, we can breathe now, Jacob Toppin's dunking on somebody's face. He goes and does a jinxy cat, and they they go on a run. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of the jinxy jinxy cats. I never am. I make that pretty clear on a daily basis here on Kentucky Roll Call. Uh, I, I'm I'm right there, kind of with you with your overall sentiments. At the half, I was just like, "Gosh, this is horrible! Like, this mm-hmm. is horrible." Uh, not that I didn't think Kentucky was still going to win. I, I thought it was pretty much a toss up at that point. Uh, and then, yeah, you, you summed it up pretty well. This is just a, a very average defensive team. 
and maybe once you get Wheeler and CJ back, not that either one are really elite defenders in their own right, but maybe you could more guys just get some more rest where they can be a little bit better, um, and and you know not like they're standing in in mud uh, when they're defending the perimeter as much as it sometimes seems with this group. But I, I thought about this before we came on the air. I'm not trying to put either one of you on the spot because I can't think of it myself. But who's a who's a good team UK's beaten that has like great guard play, good guard play, guards that can beat them off the dribble. Because uh, you look at all of UK's best wins, and it's usually against teams that aren't great from uh, from a guard standpoint. But they just have a tough time guarding people, and people can get to the rim against them. It doesn't help when you don't have a rim protector, so you got people that have a tough time right. staying in front of their men, and then also you don't have rim protectors, although they did block more shots a bit than above their average yesterday, although I don't have that number in front of me today. But you're right. It's just it's going to have to be a team that either – is going to play uh, an opponent that wants to muddy it up, and Catch then if, four shots. Yeah, pretty good. If they if they muddy it up against Kentucky, that it probably means they're not trying to be too electric offensively, and that's not a bad thing for UK. Uh, but if they're going to play a team that's good offensively, and UK is going to have a tough time guarding, then the offense really just can't blink. And an example of that would be the Arkansas home game. Yeah, that, where, that was what came to mind. <laughs> like, UK just couldn't guard Arkansas. And yeah. that's why I think they'll lose on the road at Arkansas. And I think they could play in the SEC tournament and probably lose to Arkansas. It's just a bad matchup for UK. Like, where Tennessee is a good matchup mm-hmm. for UK, Arkansas is just a bad. They've got too many elite guards that can take people off the dribble. You don't have a rim protector. It makes for a difficult situation. UK's offense was up for the challenge in the first half against Arkansas. But in the second half, they just they couldn't answer the bell enough. And I'll give UK a lot of credit last night that despite getting outscored 22-6 to to end the half to a Colin Castleton-less Florida team, they answered the call in the second half from an offensive standpoint. When they needed buckets, they got buckets. When they needed stops, they got stops. Uh, well, not always the stops they needed, but more from an offensive standpoint, they got the buckets when they needed the buckets. Um, and that's just what it's going to probably have to be for this group. They're just going to have to be able to score. Your Reeves is going to have to make good plays. Uh, it's probably not realistic to think that Oscar is going to only miss one shot every single night, but he's got to be good offensively. No more of kind of those slow offensive games we've seen from him in, in years past. And then everybody else is kind of stepping up. Uh, I said several weeks ago that like this staff sees something in Chris Livington that we have not yet seen. And we're starting to see that now. Uh, it's been multiple games in a row. He's only getting better. And Roush, I'm not so sure UK wins the game last night if he doesn't get that put back and one with 46 seconds left or whatever, however much time there was left. Uh, that was a game-saving play. He comes from the corner of the three-point line, goes all the way underneath the basket to the other side of the rim to get the rebound, puts it back up, and is fouled. I don't. I really don't know if UK wins the game without that. Let's just assume Florida gets the rebound all willy-billy and, and normal. They have 48 seconds left to, to score a basket. Or, they can take, take the lead. The lead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was just an absolutely monster play. I mean, I could take it one step further. Just How many of the last three games does Kentucky win without Chris Livingston? I, I don't know if they win any of them. I mean, maybe you could – pull something out of Mississippi State, but like without the the level of production that he's bringing, where he's he's been a double-double machine the last three games, uh, now 30 rebounds. He went from 5'10 to 15 
over the, this three-game stretch. He's been incredible. And the scoring, too, from him, it's it's typically in that kind of garbage hustle fashion where you don't get a great shot, and he just cleans it up. Uh, so he, he came through time and time and time again when Kentucky needed him. And that, of all the runs they gave up, TJ, that one was the most disappointing because it's an 11-point game with three minutes. If you just – Oh, my gosh. I mean, some of it is just don't foul and let them score with the clock stop. They fouled with it was like a minute left, and like Reeves reached early in the shot clock, and you just got they got a possession and two points with zero like four seconds taken off the clock. It's like no, you got to eat up the clock when you got a lead. It was that that one was the most disappointing because it's like guys, you've been here before. I thought we learned how to do this, how to take care of business once you're up. Just sit on it. And don't do anything stupid like foul three point shooter. Yeah, it was pretty pretty wild. Again, like getting outscored to to end the first half is what we talked about first. But that stretch from what like three forty left on the clock when UK is up eleven to you know just about a minute. So you're you're talking. I think I looked it up last night. I think UK with one hundred and eighty seven seconds left in the game. I'm going. I'm doing this off memory for what it's worth. UK was up 11. I believe with 68 seconds left, they were up two. Like, that's inexcusable. That, that, for, for a good team, for an average team, for a bad team, you cannot do that. And Florida did something similar at Rupp Arena where they made a last push and Kentucky had to sweat out a game that they probably shouldn't have had to sweat out. Uh, that, that's, that's bad. Like, it's just bad. You got to be better than that. Um, you're right. The minute twenty, that 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 deficit, that, that that all that happened. I mean, it was very, it, and it felt even faster. It did, and it just like it was wild. Uh, for as bad as UK was defensively, just some really goofy things on offense, bad turnovers, not even getting shots off, uh, and then you know sometimes you just miss shots, and that can happen. But that was really alarming. And thank goodness for Chris Livingston. Uh, I was okay with Cason Wallace's three that he took. He did have Reeves on the right corner, or right wing, I guess I should say. He could have done that. He also had Livingston in the corner for a three, potentially. Uh, but he took it himself. I was all right with that. Didn't go in. He didn't have his best offensive night. But that's a effort play. That's a hustle play. That's This has been recycled now from the 2010 season. But that's a refuse-to-lose play. Um, that's that's refusing to lose, going and, and putting things in your own hand, getting that rebound, putting it up too, which I liked because I wouldn't doubt if Cal Perry was just like, hey, if you can get a rebound, reset the clock and bring it out. But you had to put that one up in the position that you were in. Whew. Exhale. They get the win. It was mm-hmm. not easy, uh, but they, they, they were able to do it at a really important time. And I think Chris Livingston can even get better. I still think he is, for some really weird reason, struggling in transition, and he has all season. Uh, I don't. I think he's so scared to get a charge that yeah. he just it, he, he plays at about fifty percent in transition. There's an so indecision crazy. there. Like you can see the hamster wheels turning. He he should be like a Terrence Jones, where it's like, hey, once I get this head of steam, maybe I will get a charge. Maybe I will. But you're going to get punished because you're going to get dunked on, and it's going to be embarrassing for you. He can do that stuff. It's just a confidence thing for him. Um, <laughs> Also, the the case in Wallace walk where he just like you oh, got to dribble, you got to dribble, dude. You can't just walk five feet doing that. Uh, that was frustrating, but they pulled it out, Roush. And this is if you if you didn't know this already, allow me to reiterate: uh, you're going 
they're going to do this more often. They're probably going to do it against Auburn on Saturday. They'll probably do it against Vanderbilt the following Wednesday. Uh, we'll see what happens down at Arkansas for the season finale. But they're just going to play teams close, Roush. And w- mm-hmm. once you think that they're in a good spot, you'll probably blink, and the game will be much closer than you remember it being. Um, but but that's just – this is a streaky team. They're yep. a little bit inconsistent, but they're growing. They're getting better, yeah. and winning's most important. It, even though they are inconsistent, like there was – it was great. I mean, Jacob Toppins now double figures in 11 straight games. He had six – or no, excuse me. Yeah, 19 points last night, 11 boards. Uh, Kentucky's now 9-1 and one when he scores at least 15. Uh, Oscar – was a man possessed and scoots that's what i get for telling you a bet right like i, th- I thought it was no rebounds kidding. i knew he was gonna get revenge i thought it was gonna be rebounds it was points yeah i was yeah. uh i went pretty heavy on that last night and I, if i'd known livingston and Toppin would have grabbed 26 combined rebounds i wouldn't have touched it Jeez, oh, crazy. it is crazy who's he just didn't miss a shot like it it all came from him just saying, you know what, I'm going to go right at this guy, uh, and I'm going to prove him wrong. I mean, he was, what, 2 of 14 against Castleton last time? 12 of 13 this time, 25 points. Insane game from Oscar Sheeble. Does he get MVP? I don't know. I feel like you'd probably need to go with one of the guys that got a double-double. Because they got a double-double instead of 25 points? Well, I mean, what's what's more impressive? Who made the bigger play? Chris Livingston, made, some yeah. could argue. Now, is, 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 is 19 and 11 more impressive? Is 10 and 15 with the game winner more impressive? Or is 25 and 4? And, in all reality, all you can make, I think you can make a case for all three. In all reality, I would go with Livingston. Just, just for the sheer way he played, he was hustling last night. I only got to watch about two minutes of it on TV, um, but I listened to this whole second half on my, on my ride home from Midway on the radio. By the way, guys, that game on the radio – and my roommate said it was coming through on the TV as well. Virtually unlistenable. I almost turned it off at several points on my drive home because of that annoying, annoying girl screaming in the background. I could not imagine. I couldn't make up a more annoying voice than what she had. Go Gators! It was awful. Uh, that that was going to be my test to see if you actually did listen to it. <laughs> because everybody that was listening to the radio broadcast was like, Oh my gosh, shut her up. Yes. Please get her away from the microphone. I didn't hear it on the radio broadcast, but you could obviously hear it on the TV broadcast, so much so that you had them comment and be like, Yeah, so we met her. Uh, her name is blah, blah, blah. She's a senior. It was Warren. She's a sports media person. But at least Warren. on the TV, it got, you could kind of. They, they could turn up the TV people's volume more than the background. Lauren, you're annoying. They, when they said that on the broadcast, my wife was like, that's embarrassing. Like, she's going to be 30 someday and be like, yeah, I was the girl at Florida Games that screamed into the microphones and made broadcasts unlistenable. Like, it's not cool, Lauren. Lauren has no voice today. I can promise you that. Who, who, who is worse, Warren or the Florida bros who grabbed Case and Wallace? Uh, we got to talk about that. We have, I mean, that uh, wild, wild stuff. Lauren is worse. <laughs> Lauren should be the one <laughs> suspended from games for a long period of time. Scoots, did you see this? You hear about this? The the Florida fans on on the floor that 
the grab case in Wallace. Yeah, so Leach did a really nice job covering that on the broadcast last night. I guess he he was asked to leave, and then the two buddies he was with, they were just like, oh, we're going to leave too then. We don't want to stay here by ourselves. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know about that. I thought that maybe they all just got kicked out, but maybe their buddies just said, hey, we're going with them if they're if they're out of here. Um, wild stuff. So loose ball goes in. Players go into the first row, you know, the floor seats where every place now has floor seats. And Casey Wallace going to get the ball, runs into a group of Florida bros. They all are kind of keeping their hands on him, which is embarrassing. But one specifically just kind of does an arm bar, says, hey, you're not getting around me, and then keeps it there even when Wallace is trying to get around him up by the neck area too, which makes it look even worse. And then finally the guy kind of lets go. Um, and then what happens is Florida goes down on the other end and gets an and one. And I'm thinking to myself that, like, uh, if Casey Wallace was in that play, maybe maybe, it's, maybe it doesn't happen. You know, should this be a technical? Should this be a technical on the Florida fan? Which I don't really love giving, like, technicals to fans, cheerleaders, the band, stuff like that. Um, but if there was ever a time to do it, you'd think it'd be this time, literally keeping a player out of a play, physically assaulting them to some degree, maybe a bit extreme, but you can make a case for it. And they, they kick the people out of the game, but it's no technical foul, Roush, which I, I thought that was kind of lame. I um, thought the act was lame in general. They should have, yeah, I get them out of there. I did think that... Um, Old Tom and Jimmy were a little over the top. Like, like they, no fans should certainly not interfere with play. And this guy definitely did more so than he should have. But to act like he like punched Casey Wallace and assaulted him and should never be allowed to watch an SEC event, sporting event in person ever again. I was like, okay, like this was bad. But I mean, let's not have an aneurysm here. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I, I like that he probably shouldn't be allowed to Florida sporting events the rest of this year, and maybe you just keep him out of football games, just as like. But I think a year ban and he should be back. But you you, you can't do that. Like that no, was no, that was too can. much. Um, if it would have just been the stuff where like you know players the the fans were kind of like holding his jersey a little bit and like they just had his hands on him a little bit. But the one guy doing the arm bar was yeah, obviously yeah. crossing a, a major line. Uh, I agree with you. The people that are like, they, he should never be allowed to even look at a sporting event again. I disagree with that. Dude the, made a, an idiotic mistake. Well, especially because it was such a – I don't think you can have a premeditated decision when – I mean, it's a bang-bang play. Um, you're down on the floor. I, I, I don't know how often those people have had those seats down on the floor, but I, I would feel like that's uh, – you when you have those seats you want to be a part of the game to a degree like you want to help your team win and he just took it too far it's way too far you know you can yell at him you can't grab him when they run into you on the sideline way too far and it's just also kind of embarrassing to be like a grown adult that guy looked like maybe he was in his 30s late 20s yeah, yeah. 30s you know it's tough to tell sometimes it's especially kind of when you look as young as we look you know exactly like, just kind of embarrassing to like to do that to an 18 year old like even in the even in the context of sports even in the context of it was quick it just kind of happened 
like you, you still were putting you were kind of like choking an 18 year old kid because you wanted to slow him down in a basketball game like that yeah, that's weird. even if it was it all did happen fast people make mistakes i don't you know he should be back someday but that's just that's a tough look and like you know i hope his friends make fun of him for it for a very long time oh they should yeah, they should they, definitely. They yeah. absolutely should. All right, we got more to talk about. Dorks. We got more to talk about with this game. We've got more text on the Thornton's text line. It's going to be a beautiful day today. Best way to get your day started off right is to go into Thornton's, get yourself a donut, coffee, breakfast sandwich, whatever you're in the mood for. They've got it all. And then also send us a text onto the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We'll get to some of those. We'll get to a lot of other great stuff. On KRC Thursday edition, winning edition, TJ Walker, Nick Rouse. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Uh, they're in like they have that Charlotte market. That's where the SEC Network is, um, and it's one of the biggest cities in the South outside of Atlanta. So. Welcome back, KRC here on Big Exports Radio. And this segment, in honor of our friend, Florida fan Lauren, we're just going to scream for the next uh, ah! 19 minutes. Hey! Ah! Oh, Gators! Oh! Gators! Woo! What did she call uh, Kaysen Wallace? She said she looked he looked like a cinnamon stick or something like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> did you, did you what? see that, Roush? I did not. It sounds sound like a compliment. Cinnamon sticks are wonderful. <laughs> I think she said something along the lines of like, "Why are you, why are you looking at me? You look like a cinnamon stick or something along those lines." Um, weird stuff. Weird girl. Not not somebody that I uh, would want to hang out with at a sporting event or a game. But uh, yeah, something along those lines. Something huh. about cinnamon. Weird. Yeah. Really, really weird. Was was Flo- just was, people in Florida in general very weird. Yes, uh, correct. Florida, I can confirm. Florida fans. Well, yeah, Scoots lived down there for a long time. Should be all you need to know. Strange people. people I fit right in. That. You remember those Florida fans that led to Doug, the blue coat, to, to, to flip the bird? It's, people forget I wonder that. if he was just like double birding the TV watching at home yesterday. Just like you, 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 just nonstop for two hours. Could see yeah. that. I could, I, I, could. Could, I could potentially see that. Uh, welcome back, KRC here with TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen, recapping Kentucky's win over Florida last night, a game of runs. Uh, I won't say necessarily that Kentucky had the last run, although I guess technically they did. They cut it to two and one by eight, so I guess a 6-0 run there to end the game. But big last Florida surge. Kentucky was able to survive thanks to some heroics from Chris Livingston on a missed Case and Wallace jump shot. And now UK is alone in third place in the SEC 
which the expectation for Kentucky basketball is to win the SEC. So I don't think anybody's really over the moon thrilled with third place. However, getting top four in the SEC is, if you can't win it, that's the next goal. If you can't win the SEC, your next goal is to go ahead and be a top four seed. Don't have to worry about playing till Friday. And you just got to win three games to win the SEC championship, two games just to get there. So Kentucky now finds themselves alone in third place, which is good news. And they have basically a two-game lead over every other team. Tennessee's only a game behind, but with Kentucky having the tiebreaker, it may as well be two games for Tennessee to be able to jump ahead of Kentucky. But the good news, bad news, Roush, is that two-game lead, you've got – You've got three games against uh, one team that's a game behind, another team that's two games behind, and then another team that's two games behind. So everybody that you're playing, these games are going to matter twofold, not only for Kentucky locking up its double bye in the SEC tournament, but also for these other teams to try to make up ground on Kentucky. So it's late in the season. March Madness is right around the corner. These games are really important as is. But you add the seeding to the SEC tournament, it's huge. So Auburn's just a game back. If Kentucky wins against Auburn on Saturday, I don't think it'll technically lock up a spot. But for all intents and purposes, it would lock up playing on Friday if you can beat Auburn. Now, if you beat Auburn and Vanderbilt, then it is 100% definitively, no questions asked, you're locked in, regardless of what happens in that Arkansas game. So important games left on the schedule from a seeding and standing standpoint, and uh, double risky, because if you you lose to Auburn at home on Saturday, then they'll be tied with you in the SEC standings. You'd You'd still be in the top four because you'd be ahead of Tennessee, or tied with Tennessee, but you'd have the tiebreaker depending on what they do on Saturday. But you, Auburn would be above you. You'd need Auburn to, you'd be tied with them. You'd need them to go 0-2 in their final two games, and you realistically probably going 1-1 one one with a loss at Arkansas. You would, uh, it'd be tough, it'd be difficult. So it's a huge I'm, game on Saturday. I'm more worried about uh, Missouri, though. Auburn, in addition to that game, they've got uh, Alabama, and Tennessee as their final two games, including that game is at Alabama. Uh, Missouri has a cakewalk. It's Georgia at Georgia at LSU, Ole Miss at home to close out their season. They're one game back. They went out, and Kentucky goes two and one. They could be tied and had the tiebreaker, and Kentucky could go to the four seed. I think that no, no, you're you're right about that. Mizzou would have to. Well, actually, no. You're, if Kentucky goes two and one, they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll even, be fine. Yeah. Even if Missouri goes three and zero, so if you win, you just take care of business at home. You're getting the three seed. Now you're right that uh, there is because they don't have the tiebreaker with Missouri. So if you slip up more, then you're in trouble. But that's that's why last night was huge. And even though we did spend a lot of our opening segment um, sharing some of our grievances, it is very important to not uh, lose sight of what's important here. This team. Looked very, very rough at various points during the year. Now they've won three straight quad one games, including a road win over a team you love to beat in Florida, right? Uh, to kind of close out February. I mean, it isn't closed out yet, but down the stretch, they're they're getting done what needs to be done. Didn't Cats start one and four in SEC play, and now they're ten and five? I think one and three, but um, 
Yeah, because they, you know, they lost the two Arkansas Georgia in the same week just uh, not too long oh, ago. Yeah, but I think they started one and three, which is not good, and people are panicking, rightfully so, and nervous about things. So it has been a nice slow, slow turnaround to get things mostly back to normal. Um, I think they're probably going to finish SEC road play five and four, which Kentucky's had better teams do worse on the road in conference play. So that's, you can live with that. That's not too shabby, but, but two more huge games. And if Vandy didn't drop a, a bad one to LSU last night, they would be just a game out of Kentucky, which would make next week's Wednesday game uh, that much of a bigger deal, but there, it'll still be a big one. But UK, as of it stands today, is in a solid spot in the SEC standings. Um, before this three-game winning streak, the quad one winning streak that the Cats are on, they were 7-5 and five in conference play. And it looked like getting that, that double bye playing on Friday was going to be challenging, to say the least, for UK. But since, uh, since that Georgia loss, they put their head down, really started working even harder, and seemed to be in a, in a good spot. Uh, from a seed standpoint, I don't know. Our boy Shelby Mass finally moved them up to, I think, a nine seed yesterday. He had had them at a 10 for the longest time. I think that's ludicrous that UK could be in 10 seed territory with where things stand right now. Um, I think if UK wins their final two home games, drops the game at Arkansas, and then even can just win one SEC game, I think you're much closer to like seven or six territory. I think when it's all said and done, Kentucky's resume is going to look a little bit better than people think, and uh, you never really know what the selection committee is going to do, but I think that I think that will be proven on Selection Sunday. But you still need to take care of business at home. You need to make sure you don't go 0-1 in the SEC tournament. But I do think last night's win has locked up an NCAA tournament berth regardless. I think UK could theoretically go 0-4. We don't want that to happen. That put them at 18-13 and 13 on the year. But I still think even at 18 and 13, you'd be in. But let's hope that doesn't happen. Nobody anticipates that happening. Uh, Kentucky should be uh, should have several more wins in the regular season, a couple hopefully in SEC tournament play, and then we'll see. It'll be all about matchups in March. But most bracketologists have them anywhere between a 9, 8, or 7 seed where things stand uh, today. And, you know, it'll be all about matchups at that point. Uh, Congrats to Lance Ware for making his first field goal in a game since January 14th. How about that? How about, How Lance, about Ware? Lance? It also was a run stopper, too. I'm pretty sure that was after uh, Florida made a 13 0 run and Lance just one dribble drop step. Uh, yeah, the old, the old two hand layup, uh, just, just to be sure. Um, that, that came out of nowhere. But if there was going to be a Lance Ware game, it was going up against big old Jatobo. That dude, he is. Uh, He's a fun watch because he's such a large – he just defies what you conventional basketball players. He even you, had a little, nice little touch. Did you hear that he is – he's 50% blind in his left eye? I did not hear that, no. From a hit he took in basketball last year? I was thinking to myself, like, should this dude be playing basketball? Like, if you got hit so hard that you lost vision in your eye – and it's been a year now, or however long it's been, that you're still not fully recovered from a vision standpoint. That doesn't seem okay. Like that doesn't. That seems like. Yeah, I, I'm certainly no doctor, but that seems like something you may want to get figured out. Also, isn't that something like you would hear of old timey baseball players? 
Like <laughs> he got hit by a pitch and uh, he could only see 50% in his left eye, but he still was swinging the bat for five more years or like an old horse racing story or boxing, something like that. Very old timey feel to it. Like, like Dick Vitale having one eye. People forget that. I mean, he's he's old timey. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. He's he, he's that guy's not a very good basketball player where things stand right now. But if you get him in shape, uh, and he was playing a little hesitant, I thought too. UK was giving him basically anything he wanted from ten feet in, and he just mm-hmm. he took a couple of them and made a few of them. But uh, he, he's got to get in shape. But Kentucky did what they needed to do with Castleton out. It was probably a little dicier than people thought. But hey, two and a half point spread, and they won by. By eight, Scoots, would you have guessed a two-and-a-half-point spread? I No, I had Kentucky by 11 last night. I thought I thought it was going to be closer to five-and-a-half, six-and-a-half. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, that would have thrown me off, too, when we do our little guess the spread game. And honestly, it made me more nervous than anything else going on with this game. Like, I felt good about last night. All week I felt good about last night. No Castleton, you got to find a way to win. And then once the spread came out, I was like, oh, no. I don't like this one bit. Like, UK should win by more than two and a half points. What's this all about? Uh, and Vegas was right, though. It was a, a close game, but uh, Cats do cover, get a quad one win. Uh, mm-hmm. We've mentioned that several times on today's show, but I do want to give an update on the quad system. UK moves up six spots last night. They're back to 29th. I want to say that they were at 30th, I think, uh, before that two, that 02 week where they lost to Arkansas and Georgia. And then they drop back to like 38th or 41st or something this like is that. Their, uh, yeah, they were at 29th back in December. Oh, in December they were. Okay, yeah, cool. That's, uh, and 27th at one point, December 10th. That was their high watermark of the season. Okay, so they're continuing to move in the right direction. Last yep. time they got up to the spot, they almost instantly fell back. So let's hope uh, they'll, they'll keep moving and keep grinding. Auburn is, they dropped from 30th to 33rd. So partially Man. Kentucky jumped them. Uh, that does not make the Auburn game a quad one game with where Suck it, Auburn. And right now. Thanks a lot, Auburn. Yeah. Thanks a lot. You jerks. Dorks. Um, there, there's a chance there, and there's a chance with other games that it may end up on selection Sunday being a quad one win. So if Auburn keeps winning, they keep doing well, they have a good SEC tournament that could turn into a quad one win at some point. These things aren't fixated on when you play them. That equals the what it is. It changes over time. So, like that Texas A&M game at one point was not a quad one win. It since has been updated to a quad one win. There is a theoretical chance that if Florida just continues to free-for-all without Castleton, which I think probably is going to happen, that they could drop past 75 in the net, and that would make UK's win last night a not quad one win. Uh, there are a lot of people that don't understand the quad systems, and I don't blame those people. They're confusing. So just a brief recap on the quad systems, if you're so intrigued with with that sort of stuff. If you beat a team on your home floor, it's 1 through 30, their net ranking. So if that team is ranked 1 through 30 in the net, it's a quad 1. If you beat them on a neutral floor, that can go up to the net of 50, which is great. And then if you win on the road, it goes all the way to 75, which makes it even better. So uh, right now, Auburn, not a quad one game, but that could change in time. Indeed. And Kentucky now that so Florida was in that ballpark. Uh, They were 52nd in the net. So Kentucky now improves to five and seven in quad one games. Uh, 
if you include quad two, they're undefeated five and zero there. So um, resume looking a lot, 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 lot nicer, lot nicer. You're starting to look like one of the teams that's like, okay, this is a good basketball team that can compete with anybody in the country. Um, so they've, they've really tightened that resume up just at the right time. And it's just, it's, it is wild that you kind of let off the show saying it, TJ, but just what a difference in 18 days can make. <laughs> I mean, felt like the cats were dead in the water and have I, the only thing they could do was just win. And that's all they've done since then. So it's, it's, it's been impressive to see them, uh, see their response. Um, Cause I didn't know this team had it in them. I really did doubt that they had it in them. They've showed some toughness, uh, particularly from Livingston to Toppin uh, and even some mental toughness from Oscar Sheepway when he was at the lowest of lows. So it's been really impressive to see how the cats have pulled things together late in the season and proven a lot of people wrong, myself included. I think 2014, just because in hindsight, we, we got to see the run, but this has been like the most roller coaster of a Kentucky basketball season that I can ever remember. 2011 up there as well, that also had a run. Uh, and the way we remember this season will strictly come down to what they do in March. That had there, There's been some fun highs. There's been some nice moments for this Kentucky basketball team. It took until the new year to kind of get to some of those fun moments. Um, but there's been some a lot of lows, too. And you see it even in just specific games. Uh, last night included. You're up by 15. You blink. You're down at half. How does that even? How does that even happen? Uh, but doesn't matter. Just doesn't matter. They're playing better now. They're playing with more confidence now. And as you mentioned, Roush, if they uh, if, if they can do something special, one we think that they can potentially. I mean, I don't know what mm -hmm. you would consider special, but they've got the offense to be able to do it. It's the best archaic offense in the history of college basketball. I think they're <laughs> up to like 14th or 15th uh, in offensive efficiency, which is great. And they're doing it without two uh, important pieces, one Which, former starter. Man, they need those guys back. Just from a – I mean, they didn't – five starters played 20 minutes in the second half. And that walk that you alluded to earlier where Casey Wallace just took extra steps, that that's, that's mental fatigue. Yeah. Like yeah. They, these, these guys just need – they need some, some breathers. All right. Let's uh, end hour one. We'll get to some text in hour two. And uh, fun night of college basketball. We got some other stuff that we probably Ooh, should yeah. bring up. We got to talk about Alabama, man. You did, we we did get your takes yesterday and then that game. Whew. Yeah, we, we will need to talk Alabama. They went on the road against South Carolina and Brandon Miller's first game since everything's everything's came out. And, oh, boy, he yeah. balled out for sure. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. We'll talk about that. Enjoy uh, this break, but you're really going to enjoy hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. I'm Big Exports Radio oh. coming up next. A shot of tequila, beer on tap, a good looking woman to sit on my lap. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Howdy there. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roll Call. 
Love it. Absolutely love it. We're back for another hour. We're back to read the Thornton's text line. We're back to tell you about our friends at Shady Rays, Kentucky-based company. They've got it going on. Polarized sunglasses with an affordable price tag. And I got to tell you about the amazing deals that they have. 30-day money-back guarantee. You get them. You don't love them. Something's not right about them. You send them back. You get your money back. Bada boom, bada bing. And then the replacement pair promise. If you get your sunglasses and they break, they're stolen, you lose them, you're golfing and you put them on your seat when you go to the green because you don't like putting with sunglasses on, and then you come back to your seat and your big, big fat butt sits on your sunglasses and then they snap, Shady Ray's going to, they're going to replace them. They're going to give you just your, they're going to give your order back again. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a casualty to your sunglasses. You can also just get your order back again. You pay a small processing fee and your order is resent to you. So it's sort of like a buy one, get one situation at Shady Ray's. Perfect gifts for birthday. Uh, if you're getting married and you're thinking about what to get your groomsmen, Shady Ray's sunglasses. Uh, it'd be a great gift. They would love them. They cherish them. You'll love them as well when you use the promo code Big X for 25% at checkout. Big X, 25% at checkout. Shady Rays, they've got it going on. All right, fun first hour. It's always more fun doing a winning radio show. Uh, there's just really nothing better. Uh, I did kind of forget that I was sick during the break when I ran upstairs to refill my water and just insanely out of breath. Uh, so safe to say I did not clip in for the cats last night. I think I would have died. Mm, yep. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, just you got to take it slow, Roush. You got to take it slow when you're on the mend. No, that's that's certainly true. Um, but we're glad you're you're mending. Maybe not all the way mended, but today could be a nice day to throw those shady rays on outside. Go for a yeah. stroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh, yeah, even if I can't walk, I'll just hang out outside. I did read something like five days ago, which is kind of weird, and then I got sick. Um, but it was a healthy man wants 10,000 things. A sick man just wants one. And I was like, that is so true. When you're sick, all you want is just like, please be better. Please, like, I need to get back being better. I want to be able to walk upstairs and do this or whatever your ailment may be. It's so true. So uh, say a prayer for your health. Be appreciative for your health. Uh, I, you know, you don't really realize it until you get sick. And I just had a stomach bug, a 24-hour little stomach bug. And I was the biggest baby in the world about it. Uh, but it, it is true that we kind of sometimes take our health for granted, Roush. I'll say a little prayer for you together. Scoots, how are you feeling? How's your allergies been? I'm sorry, Mike. I was feeling great until you all started singing. Now I'm feeling a little down in the dumps. Oh. <laughs> but no, I'm good. I mean, I... I I have just grown to live with allergies year round or whatever whatever I'm dealing with. So I it, yeah, I'm not I'm I'm good. I'm good today. What do you got planned today? You're doing Spears show at uh at noon. Yeah, and then un- the weeks after? Unfortunately, I have to work. I'm pretty upset oh. about it. Yeah. But I haven't that's gotta, eat, that's gotta eat you up. I haven't hardly been to work at all this week. So it's it's been nice. I had a game on Tuesday, a game last night. So I didn't have to go in either of those two days. So I've really only worked, uh, I guess, Sunday, Monday, and today. And then my work week is done, at least in terms of hotel. But uh, you, you all know, I don't, I don't consider radio land work, even, I, even if I am getting paid. It's more fun. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. 
Um, a are you excited for the Live Golf Tour tour starting back up tomorrow? I am not. No, not at all. What? No. I did hear you're now pro live scoots. I am, and I wouldn't say pro live, but I'm more pro live. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks to thanks to full swing, it kind of turned my opinion on the whole live thing. Explain that for us. So I don't know that it really changed my opinion on the live as a whole, but it gave me just a better understanding of why certain guys went to the live and why it made sense for them and their lives financially. So I I don't hate. All the golfers, like when they all first announced they were going to live, I'm like, all right, I'm done with you, done with you, done with you. A few of them have gotten back into my good graces, so I, I, I don't know. I'm always a P. I've always been a PGA guy. I'll always be a PGA guy. Just call me Justin Thomas if you want. We call you Justin Thomas Kalen. That's right. <laughs> uh, by the way, when you click on the live golf tour team aspect, it's a 404 page not found. <laughs> think if you're giving, think if you're giving out the purses that you're given, because uh, they're doubling down on the team aspect this year, Roush. Where, oh. you, like, I think the teams are getting like 50 million if they if they win, which is just crazy. Uh, the teams have the dumbest names in the world, uh, but I just saw that the PGA is going to do a little team aspect, including women golf. Yes, well. I am pumped about that. They're yeah, they're doing a, a mixed tournament, 16 teams. A men player and a woman's player from LPGA and PGA, and they're going to have a tournament. I, I'm I'm stoked about that. The only way a team aspect in golf works is you have to have some sort of regional teams or collegiate teams or like a city team or a state team. There has to be some sort of tie for the for the average fan. There's golfers that I like, and there's golfers that I like more than other golfers. But I, you know, I'm never gonna really get too. I'm not gonna care if like a golfer wins or loses. I usually just want an exciting finish. And if you just throw a bunch of random people on a team, it's gonna be tough for me to like want a team or to to be a huge fan of a team. You know, maybe if it has Justin Thomas on it, I'll be more likely to like it. But the only way a team aspect in golf would work would be you got to have some sort of geographical ties or collegiate ties. Uh, one of my brother's ex-girlfriend's dad was like, he'd watch Phil Mickelson, like we watch Kentucky basketball, like screaming at the TV, like you make a putt, he'd stand up and like try to pump up the room. It's, it was the, one of the most weirdest things I'd ever seen in my entire life. But besides that, people aren't fans of golfers like that for the most part. Like for Tiger, we'll get pumped up when he has a good round and he has good shots and we'll be excited about it. But what do you all think? I, I want a team aspect in golf to work, but really the Ryder Cup is the only thing that really does president's cup i guess a little bit well here's the thing for me so i have a buddy who's a big formula one fan i'm gonna have to pick his brain on this today because the live basically went by the same formula the formula formula one uses everybody races or plays for themselves but you do have the team aspect in formula one as well so i'm wondering are there fans of teams in formula one and can that become a thing and live because i'm with you tj i don't I'm not going to be a fan of a team. I'm going to be a fan of the golfers. Well, you, can make like a dirty, you can make like a Dirty South team, and it'd be like Justin <laughs> Thomas, Jordan Spieth, uh, Bubba Watson, I guess, if you wanted. But that, that that is the problem with all of these upstart leagues, is cultivating, uh, just cultivating con- connections, right, between mm-hmm. uh, XFL, for example. Why do I have a reason to be a fan of the spring football league? 
you have to find something, some sort of tie to it, and that's where that's where it suffers. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. Even if it was artif- so, seemingly artificial, if you just did it regionally based, then you could. You're going to draw more people in that want them to do well. And even for like a college thing, you know, you could always, even or a regional geographic thing, you could have like one fib where it's like, hey, we got four people that played golf at Oklahoma State. This fifth one didn't, but like, oh, well, he's from just outside Oklahoma or something along those, you know, similar to like the the basketball tournament where again. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. Good call, TJ. You've got to have some tie. You got to have some tie to it. Um, but Scooch, I, I, I thought that when everybody was like freaking out about the live, it was just like a lot of these golfers are barely making it in the PGA. Like the PGA is insanely competitive and this league is going to offer them such high amounts of guaranteed money. Like, of course, they're going to take it. Like, you got to put yourself in their shoes. You can have the moral high ground sitting at home making forty five thousand dollars a year, which there's nothing wrong with that. But like when, you know, if you if your shoes were in. Your feet were in different shoes. You you would probably be doing the exact same thing those other golfers are doing. Well, and I don't think I, I do. I think Phil Mickelson's like initial quotes were he didn't need to bring up the human rights record. Uh, that was probably a little bit too far. But like this could be good for the PGA. Like wake up, start making some changes, and they already have. They're already starting to do stuff like that. Yeah, their their purses have been a lot bigger this season and at the end of last season. But I thought Dustin Johnson said it well in full swing. He said basically anybody in the country gets offered to do the same job but work way less and get paid way more money, pretty sure you're going to take it. So that that really kind of helped flip my whole mindset on the live thing. Like, okay, it makes sense. I mean, if you want to work I mean, less and don't want to play golf, that's on you, and I don't, I don't knock you for it. I will say, though, Scoots, like of all, of all people for it to turn on you, Dustin Johnson, I mean, he's the richest guy of them all that's going over there. Right. And, I also appreciate too, Scoots, that you're just now like, you know, now I get it. The money does mean a lot. It's like, yeah, it's always been money. <laughs> well, when they had the Ian Poulter episode and it's him and his family and he's talking about wanting to make sure his family is going to be set and stuff like that. And he's barely, you know, he's not qualifying for the Masters and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you do get it. Like, you know, okay. Yeah. I mean, you, but that's, you, you that's better, yeah. it gives you a better perspective. It's just always the thing, though. It's just you, do, you didn't know the families. You just that's always true. thought these golf guys were just rich snobs well i That's refuse true. i also refuse to believe that money rules the world even though it absolutely does uh i i, I don't know i just like to think that money doesn't rule everything but then when well, you the, the part is scoots is you you're big on money doesn't buy you happiness which is correct but when you have children that that's the part i think you weren't seeing it was just like for you personally it doesn't buy happiness but if you have to support others then it makes you know, going to college. It gives them more opportunities uh, than you might not have had before. See, I kind of disagree with you there. As, as someone who's had money before, money can absolutely buy you happiness. No question. Yeah, but I thought you were Mr. Like, don't give me, uh, you know. I mean, I am. I, I hate I hate money. I hate the idea of money. I think it's the devil. But it, it can buy you happiness. I mean, when I when I won my lottery, I was at on the beach like every weekend. Oceanfront view. I mean, it was... I was very happy at that time. Are you happy now? Uh, for the most part. I, I go back and forth. Well, we're happy with you. I'm happy we with you all. Some of our best friends. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, it is kind of funny that, like, you know, how many friends or people, or even in some cases, spouses, do you talk to for two hours every day? That's true. Nobody. You, yeah, you all are the only two. 
It is, it is true. And there are definitely nights where like we've had long working days or stuff like that, where the wife and I probably don't talk for a combined two hours to each other. That, that happens. So Scooch, glad you're happy. Money doesn't rule the world, although it kind of does. I do think it is commendable, though, like when you have the Justin Thomases and even Tiger Woods be like, no, I'm, I'm happy, Rory McIlroy, ha- like I'm happy where I'm at. I want, I, I care about legacy. I don't care about money. I care about legacy. And I think that's cool to see, too. People got to do what they think's best for them. Um, and you're in the full swing documentary kind of gives more of that. Speaking of documentaries, you see they're doing an NFL documentary. Wow. Yeah. They're, they had... Pat Mahomes, who is yeah. the other Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota. Okay. So it's, it is kind of interesting how you're getting the full spectrum, right? You're getting best quarterback in the league. Uh, you're getting fine guy who overachieved, and then you're getting guy who's kind of on his last grasp in Atlanta. Like Marcus mm-hmm. Mariota is probably never starting a football game ever again. Um, That's Ritter show, baby. Yeah, it, and it, it, it's going to be fascinating, too, because – for lack of a better term, some will say Mariota quit on his team, but he got benched and then just had surgery that took him out for the rest of the season. So that part will be interesting, but I'll just take the news from it. I'm, I can only do so many of these sports docs, and I, I haven't even started on full swing. And they're, and they're kind of fluffy. Even yeah, like they're full, very fluffy. Even full swing. You know, it's just it's trying to make you empathize, sympathize with all these rich superstars. Yeah, and, it, and I it, it, humanize them. Like, I get it. But I just the, the the contemporary aspect of it I don't like. Like I I I want sports stocks of like people from fifty years ago that I didn't know about, or you know, like I I enjoy that. Like the Southern Hoops one, I'm more interested to watch that. I've got to catch up on that because that's that, that I'm going to learn something, right? How how much am I going to learn watching this? You know, any any sort of contemporary thing. Yeah, it's more maybe like behind the scenes, hard knocks type stuff. But yeah, I bet we'll like, oh, we'll really feel for Mariota during this documentary. And Who's Kirk just, Cousins was, seems what, more likable. Mariota was a Heisman finalist that, uh, or did he, he won the Heisman, didn't he? I don't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty but, sure. Yeah. Yeah, a Heisman trophy winner that's made probably $50 million in his career. Probably more, actually. Yeah. Let me yeah, just look up career earnings really quick. Um, yeah, uh, okay. He just he made 12 million dollars last year, like barely playing, uh, 64 million in his career. Nice. So, like, sorry, I'm not gonna. Oh man, feel so bad for this eight year vet that's gonna be collecting retirement and made 64 million dollars. Roush, so you don't have to watch the whole full swing, but at least check out the first episode the Jordan or Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth one. It was awesome. You have to at least yeah, watch that, that one. I think I'll just pick and choose a couple that I like. And I, I heard you're anti-Brooks, and I've usually typically been pro-Brooks, so um, I'll probably watch that one just to, to take a closer peek. You will hate Brooks after it, trust me. Okay. He's such a loser. I don't think it's true that you'll hate him. Um, he is like he is a little he's a little weird. Um, the Justin Thomas speed one, you're probably not going to learn a ton, Roush, but they shoot some of the stuff in Louisville. That's kind of cool. Like you see some Louisville interstates and oh, roads. Nice. Oh, yeah. roads. So you've, you've got that. Do they go to Harmony Landing? Uh, there's clips of Harmony Landing for sure. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. They do, a, do, they do a big feature on his dad, um, who is, who was the club pro for the longest time out there and still works out there from time to time. So do they again, drive? Do they drive on the 85 mile, mile, uh, stretch of 264? Oh. <laughs> my brain, I had to think for a second. Uh, yeah, they, actually, that's the whole episode. They're just driving the 84 miles on the Waterson. 
All 84 of them. Back and uh, forth. I know we're, we're we need to get to the Thornton sex on, but I I will say I found myself playing the trivia game with my wife at home now. So yesterday I was scrolling Twitter and uh, Walmart had its sales numbers, and it was like, all right, Brooke, how much do you think Walmart sold in billions last year? She was like, billions? I don't know, a hundred billion? It's like, no, you got, come on, you got to guess, you know. And so now I'm playing this game with her. So I appreciate it, TJ. Uh, do you all want to guess? In billions, how much Walmart made? Just sold, not made, but like how many, how much they, how much product they sold? Forty-four billion. I was gonna Ooh. say twenty-two billion. Six hundred fifty-three billion dollars. What <laughs> is up from five hundred eleven billion last? Holy year. smokes! Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm kind of taking middle note in case I lose next week, but um, but yeah, That's your trivia game is sweeping the Roush House. Mr. Okay. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad that you all. Uh, you all are enjoying it. I always give. Um, I always give the questions to my coworkers as well. Do they enjoy them? They do. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Especially the love one. Me. Yeah. Scoots they, was the, even asking me about that one. Yeah, the Valentine's Day love ones. Yeah, that was that was a fun one. So I was working. Actually, I was inspecting rooms with my two managers that day, and so I just had it. I just did it the same way we did on the radio show this morning. Who who wants to start? Who wants to set the over under? <laughs> and then we we played. It was awesome. Well, good stuff. Uh, I'm glad that you all have enjoyed the trivia. We'll be back at it on Tuesday of next week since the Cats play again on Wednesday and Thursday is going to be a reactionary show. So we'll do the trivia again on Tuesday. All right. What was your all's takes on Brandon Miller? I, my guess, I didn't listen to KRC yesterday. My, wow. guess is, my guess, I mean, I was like in and out of sleep, but you know. There's a podcast, you know, you can catch it on any of your pro- podcasting platforms. Uh, where uh, else can you listen to Kentucky Roll Call Scoots? You can go Spotify. You've got um, Apple uh-huh. Music, iHeart. Yeah. yeah. Any, anywhere you find your podcast, you can find it. So. See, I thought we would have been the dulcet tones that put him to sleep, Scoots. <laughs> uh, Good point. Well, Scoots said that our, our singing, Roush, made, made him sick. Uh, <laughs> I should just say listening to the podcast would have made me worse. No, I just I, I kind of planned on it, but then I read the text line. kind of felt like I'd, I, I'd listened to the show yeah. without listening to it. Um, my guess, my guess for your all's takes was that it's embarrassing. He shouldn't be playing. Um, I think I, I don't remember where I landed on the show. Memory 24 hours later is really bad, but the weird part in all of this was that if you knew about it all along and you didn't suspend it from the get go, then like you can't really do it now. Um, and it was mostly the, the, the biggest overall takeaway was just like NATO made a bad situation worse and by acting very nonchalant about it, by really downplaying the severity of the situation. Scoots. I basically, from what I remember, I basically just said, if I'm in someone like Brandon Miller's shoes, I just, I'll never understand these athletes, these high level athletes that, just put themselves in precarious positions. Like if, if you're Brandon Miller, you don't get anywhere near a gun. You don't get anywhere near drugs. Like you have a great future ahead of you. Steer clear of all that. Was That was pretty much my mindset with the whole thing. I don't disagree with that sentiment, uh, but people come from different backgrounds and different lifestyles, and it's not always so easy just to be like, hey, 
all bad things. Just separate yourself from them. It doesn't always happen that way. Uh, Brandon Miller's attorney released a statement yesterday that kind of detailed more of what happened, or at least what they said happened. Uh, I, I'm not trying to like be hot takey by any stretch of the imagination. And if Brandon Miller was a walk-on at Alabama, he'd be so long gone you would you'd never hear his name again. Yeah. Um, but he's the best freshman in college basketball, one of the best, if not the best player in college basketball. It's a different story. While you could kind of question his judgment, you know, being out late, some of the things Scoots alluded to, I don't think he did anything wrong. Like, I don't think he did, based on the evidence we have, which is all you can go off see, of, and, I don't think that he was, did anything wrong. That, that, I'm, I didn't see the follow-up from the attorney, and I want to, because the initial Al.com story was very hard to follow. Like just like the the detail, like here's what it kind of sounds like, but it was it wasn't it was very hard for me to to figure out exactly what the testimony was from mm-hmm. the police. It just sat like the headlines and the initial like paragraph screen grabs are like, so he brought a gun and then he used his car to block him in so they could grab the gun out of the car and then start firing shots. That that's what it sounded like, but I I don't think. Uh, the, what you're alluding to, it was his bang, bang, and that the, the devil is in the details, and that's why they ultimately couldn't press charges. And I don't think he was completely, like, naive to the situation, but, I, you know, it could have been a situation where it's like, I need my gun, I, you know, I, I, I don't feel safe, it's in your car, can you swing by? Uh, again, it's a really sad situation, it's an ugly situation, a life was taken, lives are going to be ruined because of it, I just, I don't know, I think what Alabama probably would have been better off doing is when all this stuff came out, say, Brandon Miller had no involvement in the murder, he had really no involvement in the incident whatsoever besides being near the crime, Um, you know, his car was hit by some of the gunshot bullets, uh, just because he was out late, and he was near, you know, the stuff going on, he was with Miles at the, you know, at similar times of the evening, we're suspending him two games um and you know we're going to go from there but he didn't do anything criminal he's not being charged we just hope that he makes better decisions in the future about you know curfews and staying out late and stuff like that i think if they just would have suspended him a couple games when it happened then it it would it all it all be over by now for sure uh, but the way that it came out it was like out you know nate oates just gave a terrible quote and he did although i don't think his sentiment is totally wrong like he was wrong place wrong time but it was it's a little bit more than that obviously and that comes off incredibly insensitive to a murder yeah um where you know kid doesn't have a mom anymore which is just terrible but i don't think he did anything criminal so if he didn't do anything criminal what are you gonna what are you gonna do you're gonna kick him out of the university because you know one of his teammates was what's it called an accomplice accomplice to murder um and also don't him. think like i think if if tuscaloosa police could could charge him i think they absolutely would yeah, yeah. i think they I, I think they do it in a heartbeat if they felt like they have they had enough evidence to be able to to get some charges to stick on him so i, I it's a gross situation you know they're the the south carolina game they were chanting lock him up uh, luckily, I think Alabama only has one more road game, maybe no more road games after last night. So the rest will be either home or neutral site games. Maybe, again, one more road game. Could be wrong about that. Uh, it's 
so he won't he won't have they to go they go to a and m to end the season that's right they do that, that's going to be an awesome game and then i think uh arkansas goes to alabama on saturday which should be a really really fun game mm-hmm. um but anyways though I, it, it's a it's a messy situation but I just, i'm not sure what really you're supposed to do about it the yeah and once they didn't suspend him initially and they said they had some information it was like well you it's hard to go back on what you already like just because you got caught publicly that this stuff came out, you can't just all of a sudden change your mind about him. And so they end up playing him. And South Carolina gave him a scare. <laughs> they almost beat Alabama. Um, if not for Brandon Miller dropping 41 points, knocking down six threes for a two-point Alabama win in overtime. He is so I mean, good. He is so good. <laughs> he legitimately should be considered one of the top freshmen to ever play in the SEC. And uh, and some people are probably like, you can't say that. Not saying he's the best, but he needs to be in that. He is insane. Who would be in that conversation quickly? Davis? I mean, uh, Anthony Davis, I think, was number one just the the year that you had there. Davis Wall. Uh, Ben Simmons had an awesome year, even though they didn't make the. Such a bad team, and he was such just like a grump. But his numbers were good. There's, There's no denying that. Um, there's probably some old timers that we're forgetting about from a freshman standpoint. Um, yeah, it was like Shaq good as a freshman. People don't know, or people forget, or people weren't alive, so they have a tough time remembering that stuff. I think Carl Anthony Towns would have to be up there. He was so talented. Um, I, I think if you're number one draft great. pick, um, yeah, I think if you're number one draft pick as a freshman in the SEC, you'd be in the conversation. But Brandon Miller, he won't be number one because when when Yamba, what's it? How do you say it, Scooch? Uh, when Benyama. Wimbayama. Wimbayama. Understandably so. But whoever is going to get Miller, I mean, you're getting an absolute star. He he is he is really, really good. He had the go-ahead basket. He had the game-tying basket last night. Uh, he's a special player. Did any of you all see the end of the game, by chance? Did not. No shot. Did not. Fell asleep so early. They score. Pretty sure it was Brandon Miller. They score to go up two with .8 seconds left. And the South Carolina guy who inbounds the ball, he like doesn't go all the way out of bounds to inbounds the ball. Instead, he just picks up the made shot from Miller and just throws it the length of the court. Like a, a completely and totally illegal basketball play. Uh, an embarrassing basketball play that his friends are probably going to goof on him for, for for years and years to come. I don't know what he was thinking. But the refs did give the ball back to South Carolina, weirdly enough. And then they still had like another – they tried to do – another play and uh, it didn't work and it got called back and they were able to do another one again. But yeah, uh, it was not a good look. I highly recommend checking it out. The guy, the player just picks it up, takes one foot out of bounds and then just chucks the ball the length of the court. Nowhere near the goal, obviously. But uh, that was a, that was a nice avoidable loss for Alabama. I was kind of hoping they would lose just so we wouldn't be the only halfway decent team to lose to South Carolina. Um, but they're really good. This is going to be a little bit of a headache for them. I think it was last night, but they're they're as talented as anybody else is in college basketball. Yeah, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. And uh, the story is going to follow him this entire postseason. That's the thing. He's like he's so fun to watch, and now this is going to kind of ugly up the situation. And it, it like Alabama is not going to be your lovable. Like they're not going to be Cinderella because they're going to be a number one seed. But like Alabama basketball, they have no tradition, they have no history, very little at, at that. So they were going to be kind of like a fun, like oh look, you know they're a good team, they're fun, they're a cool team to get behind. But now everybody's going to hate them. 
Yeah, it's it's. But I, I really don't like. I think they mishandled that press conference the other day, big time. But I don't. I don't know what else really you're supposed to do in terms of what you do with Miller. I don't think it'd be really all that fair to him to suspend him for the season or keep him out now. Uh, they maybe should have done something a couple a month ago, but. All right, let's take our last break, come back, and just rip through this Thornton's text line like there's no tomorrow. How about that? Just like I'm going to rip through some coffee from Thornton's today. Fuel up, start your day the right way. Download the Thornton's Refreshing Reward app. Visit your neighborhood location today. And gas, you seen those gas prices lately? You can save even more with the Refreshing Rewards app. They'll give you $0.10 cents off, $0.20 cents off all the time. Just download it. See what your discount is today. All right, we'll be right back. This is KRC on the Big X. Cooking in the microwave Got a three-day bed I don't plan to shave And it's a goofy thing But I just gotta say Hey, I'm doing all right Yeah, I think I made me some <laughs> Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call With Walker and Roush So I remember when we were driving Driving in your car Welcome back. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Salsa Readings has two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews. Go there, get yourself some nachos, quesadilla, burrito, a taco salad, whatever you're in the mood for. They're going to have it. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be hot. It's going to be good. You can get some wildly addictive chips, and they are wildly addictive. And you can get some hot, spicy salsa, creamy queso, guacamole. They've got it all at Salsaritas. Mm. Download the app, save you time. Sounds yummy. Get yourself some catering from Salsaritas for your next party or get-together. And uh, remember, the Middletown one has a drive-thru. You don't even have to get out of your car. St. Matthew's right off Hubbard's is uh, another great location as well. All right. Um, let's get to the text line. Let's do it. Do, 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 do. Uh, don't know where we're at. Mm, we are at the part where they start texting about things. Oscar should dominate Kenneth Torsey tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty that's good. That's a funny uh, text into the Thornton sex line to get us going. Do y'all think the refs ever call games based off crowd chance? I feel like if I heard a ref you suck, I'd be tempted to screw their team over to tick them off. Yeah, 100%. Refs are human. Now they're not supposed to, and I think the majority of them don't. But yeah, there, there, there are no, no doubt about it. Yeah, and I mean, it's probably not directly. Like it's probably not like they hear one thing so they immediately make a call. But there's going to be some subconscious decisions made based on that. So agreed wholeheartedly. A lot of it I do think is subconscious, and they don't even know it. But the older I get, mm-hmm. the more I realize just how many really dumb people there are out there and not even dumb from like an intelligence standpoint, but just like biased, uh, don't want to hear critical thinking that goes against things that they believe. And so like, of course, and it's in every field. It's like just people, it's just humans. They're everywhere. So no doubt that it happens in officiating as well. And you can't convince me otherwise that John Higgins doesn't have a grind against either Calipari or just UK in general, probably more so Calipari where he has deliberately made bad calls against Kentucky. Um, I, I, I don't think I can be convinced otherwise. I, there's just too much evidence, unfortunately, to, to stack up against him. But, yeah, it absolutely happens, Texter, in my opinion. 
absolutely unbelievable how guys see some success, then they just try to play hero ball. I know it's only halftime, but step back twos, WTF. This Florida team is not good. We'll likely win this game. If we don't, my goodness, I can't believe we were down at half. What the hell? I, I agree. That that kind of uh, sums up my sentiments. If there was a part of that half that did really bother me, it was just how like, – and, and this is a, a byproduct of a lot of Cal teams. I just hate when they just play right into what the other team wants them to do. And, and that was taking those step-back mid-range twos. It's like, okay, they'll, they'll let you take those all day. Right? So why, why, are you, why are you giving them what they want? Yeah, you needed to just continue to try to dominate inside of the paint. Uh, that being said, the, the, the jumpers, not always long twos, but the jumpers were falling for the most part. And I, I would the one thing I disagree with on the Texters, I wouldn't say that UK started playing hero ball. Uh, they started getting beat off the dribble because they're not great defensively. And then Florida also started hitting some shots. Sometimes that happens where Kentucky was hot to start yeah. the game. Florida was a little cold. It just flipped like that. Now we have an expectation at UK that it shouldn't flip so easily. Uh, this team is is pushing those boundaries for sure. But they won. They figured it out. And, and this team is finding different, although frustrating, ways to close out games. You just you hope in March, you hope that those payoffs, you hope that it matters. And uh, you'll be the more prepared and clutch team late in the game. Roush, I'm up at Pop's place watching the Cats game. Like I told you boys several times, I'm pounding drinks with your boy, Quorum. You all should do a remote here to Sales Bar, but it's two minutes from St. X. Sometimes we stay up until 6 and then go to Stooges. So being here before the show shouldn't be an issue. That's wild <laughs> if that's actually true. And Roush, congrats to the Sales making the 6th region tournament. Yeah, yeah. They got uh, Butler tonight. And uh, district championship, though, right? Yeah, yeah, and we've only before they realigned the districts, we had won like 20 in a row, we've only won one set. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to make it up there tonight, see if we can bring another crown, uh, back to the sales. District championship games to me are just virtually meaningless to the point they maybe should just eliminate them. <laughs> well, the, the part that my wife, she's like, so wait, you can lose this game and still be in. Oh, yeah. Just don't lose the district semifinal, baby. Then you're the, gone. Uh, the one thing that is nice, though, is that now it used to be just the regional tournament. The whole thing was at one place. Now you get to host the first round of the regional tournament if you win your district. Yeah, so. and you, you th- and then you're playing a district loser in the first game, so that theoretically right. makes it a little easier. But if you lose to a district <clears throat> loser, you probably weren't going to be beating that team's district winner, most likely, um, later on in the regional tournament. But it is what it is. St. X plays Mayo tonight in their district championship. Uh, sometimes I've also thought that like it can kind of wear you out before the big region tournament where you've got multiple games, multiple days as well. But uh, if I you, wouldn't if know. Never, never, never made it that far. So, oh. yeah, we we were part of the – it was one of those things. That we, we got upset just time and time again. It was brutal. So brutal. I saw on like a Facebook memory the other day that St. X was the number one seed in their district tournament back in like 2011 and lost, I think, to Collegiate, and it was Collegiate's first-ever district win ever. Um, yeah. And that, that that was not a good moment for, for St. X basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, hey, all right. And if St. X wins tonight, maybe you can get Atherton in the first round of the regional tournament. That gives you maybe to the semi. So it, it can matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, uh, there was a nice upset last night, though. Holy Cross, I think, might have been the one seed in their district, and they got knocked off by Fairdale. So it's pretty wide open, sixth region. Oh, uh, I wonder if your buddy actually does stay up there till six and then goes to Stooges. 
Kaysen Wallace, mid-range jumper, has got to stop. He comes off a screen, pulls up nine out of ten times. It's driving me crazy with the size and athleticism. I wish he would attack the rim more often. I mean, I, I do just, wonder wait, how... just wait, Texer, till later on when he has that little left-hand scoop shot. The thing was freaking awesome. Oh, I do man. wonder how much tired legs plays a role in that. It's so much easier to settle for that 12-footer than it is to take that extra mm-hmm. muscle, energy, effort to take those four or five steps and take on some contact sometimes at the rim. But I do like that jumper. It's not falling like I think it should be, but like he can elevate so much higher and he can create so much separation. It's a wide open 10 footer. Like you, you should be able to hit him. And he has, he's, he's been a little shrieky with it, uh, but I do wonder how much tired legs just is impacting his overall game in every, in every regard. Cause he ain't getting a break and he wasn't really even getting breaks. Even when Wheeler was healthy ever since the, the roster management kind of shifted uh, in what, mid-January, would you say? Early January? Mid, Mid-January. Something like that. That's when I think Cal started like, all right, you know, Wheeler, we love you, but mm-hmm. you're going to be, Wallace is the guy. A texture says, I live in Iowa and everyone around me cares nothing about my Kentucky tweets, so I need to release here Chris Farting Livingston. But they didn't say farting. No, they did not. Hey, that's fine. This is what we're here for. People in Iowa can suck it. I have seen some first-round projections, UK versus Iowa. Bring bring that on. Fine, fine by that. Yeah. Uh, did they end up beating Wisconsin? Last no, time? Wisconsin killed them. I, I was watching that Same game. Half. Wisconsin pulled away late, yeah. Yeah, I had, I had the first half on and then kind of just tuned out. Yeah, I never saw that one. Uh, the Reeves guy on Florida is the next hateable Gator. That guy is just going to tick us off over the next two years. Um, he yeah, he's player. a good he's a good athlete, and apparently he changes his hair a lot. So, well, yeah, they said he changes his hair like we change shoes. I was like, I don't really change my shoes that much. I I do only in the sense that, like, I mean, I have my one go to pair of shoes, but sometimes I, you know, I can't find them right away, so I throw another pair on. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't change my shoes a lot either. Like I wear dress shoes sometimes. I wear sandals, and then but then I just have like my shoes, and those are the mm-hmm. shoes that I wear. Oh, this texture's giving us a great love the, what it's inspiring me to do. Pretty hilarious. Locke winds about Florida being a quad one win for Kentucky earlier today. Then Virginia loses to Boston College. Hey, Locke, don't look now, but the Cats have more quad one wins than the Wahoos. Suck it, you dweeb. Yeah, it wasn't a good tweet for Locke, and Ooh. he got ratioed to Bolivia, unfortunately, for him. Uh, I do, I, like, his sentiment that, like, Florida's a quad one game, and they're they're at 500. Hey, I didn't make the system lock. We UK fans didn't make the well, system. It, it is what it is. It counts who, the same like, one. Made the point earlier too. Like, it's like how is this the same as winning at Tennessee? It was like because Auburn's straddling that line, right? How is beating Auburn at home the same as winning at Tennessee? But now it's the same as winning at Georgia. But like, it's just trying to like organize them in a in a neat fashion, and it's not the end all be all. It's just yeah. a it's just a good. It's an easier way than to like to put them, uh, lump them all together instead of saying, well, they won this many top 50 RPI games on the road versus this many top 50 RPI games mm-hmm. at home. This is just an easier way to create a resume for the it's, selection committee to look over. It's not perfect, but that's why they don't use this as the end all be all selection tool. It, it is a very small sample that's used in the whole thing. That being said, you know, winning on the road in college basketball is tough and partially because of officials. Um, it's hard to do that. So you need to have, you need some sort of scale for neutral site versus home versus away. It's not perfect, 
but it's it's the system they got, and I do think it does a good job as an organizational tool, as you mentioned, Roush. A texter says, TJ, the challenge reunion is so gassed that the season will go down as one of the best IMO solely due to the elite cast. Some other challenge people, including Bobby Regan, they didn't like it. Uh, they they thought, thought it was a bad season. I did not like the finale. That was just kind of ridiculous and not all that entertaining to watch. But it was a good season. I enjoyed it. I'm not usually a reunion show watcher just because it feels like so much manufactured drama and they go to a commercial break every three minutes. Uh, but the wife wants to watch it. So my guess is we watch it. Did you guys devote your Catholicism and attend Ash Wednesday Mass? Also, very important question. Are you guys the type to sing at church and legitimately sing out loud? Or are you guys the type to just act like you're singing? Plumley uh, Bro has asked the church singing question no fewer than 12 times at this point. I don't think he's asked the church singing question. Yeah, I don't, I don't oh, recall yeah. the church singing question either. Oh, yeah, right. He's, he's asked He's I, asked the I, question I, about our favorite songs at Mass, no, but never if we physically sing. Totally, disrespectfully, of course, totally disagree that like he has. He has mentioned, do you all belch out songs or are you all just a quiet sort of singer? Then what's our answer? Uh, what's your, well, I think Roush said he definitely sings. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and you, Scoots, I don't remember. I, I sing at the top of my lungs. Everybody in church hears me sing. I don't, I'm not buying that. Oh, I'm big. I'm big time singer at church. Do you usually get the big I, baritone out? Usually I don't sing, but sometimes I will. Uh, and then I did not go to Ash Wednesday Mass. I usually do, but I was sick yesterday, but I did a great job fasting. I had half a <laughs> banana and four pieces of strawberry yesterday. We, uh, I, I did the thing, too, where I went to walk out the door. Duke didn't want to go to church. I walk out the door. He starts crying. Duke wants to go to church. So we got to church. It was just a little late. Did he get his ashes? He was a little worried about it. No, he, he was, it's weird though. Cause they, if you go for communion, they'll give you a little blessing and he was fine with that, but the ashes freaked him out. He was not, he's not like that. <laughs> That's cute. They do feel oh. weird on your head. Yeah. I like the different styles of ashes. Some, some priests really mail it in and you know, you gotta be better. Some go over the top. I love the over the top ones. Just I saw like a really, TikTok. Just a great I, mark of Catholic guilt. <laughs> I saw a, a TikTok and it was like, when your Catholic parents come over for dinner on Ash Wednesday and the guy like had like a, a, a little cigarette. What are those things? Why can't I think of a, were you ash, an asher? An ashtray. An ashtray. There's the word for it. Holy smokes. Uh, he had his cigarette ashtray and he was like, I got to do what I got to do. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I didn't know if it was that or if it was because like Duke, whenever he eats a cookie, there's like some residual Oreo on the side of his mouth. I was like, you know what? That kind of looks like ashes. I yeah. wonder if you could rig up some, crush up some Oreos and rub it on your forehead. And <laughs> That's funny. Dexter says, Rouch, you've got an oppressive amount of names slightly wrong in this first segment. Oh, that's... that's What's that's, new? 7 a.m. radio show. It's tough sometimes. I also was told that you did think that uh, Miles, Fred Alabama, was the shooter in the incident. Oh, did I get that wrong? Yeah, he, he was the one that gave the murderer the gun. Oh, okay. And it was his gun. But the gun was just in Miller's car. Oh, see? Yeah. Got it wrong. Yeah, it happens. Uh, <laughs> Texter says, heading into the game tonight, we're up 15th in offensive efficiency. Unfortunately, we're number one in archaicness. It's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful text. <laughs> Where are all the archaic offenses? <laughs> I might have to write a post today about all the uh, horrible numbers in this archaic Please. offense. Please do. Please, yeah. that'd be amazing. Uh, Texter says... Kentucky's archaic offense, still archaic. Yeah. 
no, all of a sudden it's not archaic anymore, despite Calipari's best efforts. People are so goofy. <laughs> You're so goofy. Florida got quite the whistle in the second half to keep them in the game. Yeah, and they did get a favorable whistle. Honestly, I thought they were going to shoot even more free throws. Uh, that's just kind of their style without Castleton, just try to get fouled. Um, there were some calls I didn't love in the second half, but Kentucky should have just taken care of business and not made it as close as it was. They didn't, but they still found a way to pull it out. That's all that matters. They don't paint, paint pictures in the record books. That's a pretty good one. I like that one. Did we just not complain enough to get reviews? I'm not sure which one they're referring to. Yeah, I wonder what I also was wondering which one yeah. you're referring to. I think we've hit a false spring. I, yeah, I think it's fair, TJ. It's been. I think this is the first false spring. Yeah. Because you know, in March, at some point, we're going to have like. Ooh, is that a, is it a false spring or will it be a reverse winter? This is a false spring. It's yeah, but February. If, it shouldn't be spring in February. It's a it false was, spring. I, I did have one of those timeline reminders that I was sledding with Duke two years ago or whatever it was. You know, it's like, oh, it's 70 today and we're outside. I'll be going to Colorado a week from today where it's going to be highs in the 20s, lows in the single digits. <laughs> Texture So you didn't want to go to Florida for vacation? I love uh, the, the walkers, like going to 90 degree weather in the summer and 10 degree weather in the winter for vacation. Roush, you're, you were, uh, you're speaking my language, buddy. <laughs> All that. Good morning, TJ. Glad we got the win last night. Played great for 15 minutes, and I don't know what happened. What's your theory? After the way they collapsed, I don't know if I can completely buy in. Not trying to be negative, but like I told my ex-wife in the past, I need to protect my heart from being broke. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Topping an Oscar frustrate me. So many low IQ plays. Having Jimmy Dykes just makes it worse. Okay, have a great day. Second Louisville, second Roush. Uh, I thought Jimmy Dykes, they did better than they normally do. Um, maybe the scrimming person, maybe it was just Tom Hart. I don't know. They, I thought they did a little bit better. This team doesn't have a high basketball IQ, and that's going to be that's going to be tough to overcome late in March if Kentucky makes it that far. But they are what they are at this point. They're never going to make it easy on you, but they're they still have these flashes that make you think that they they could potentially do something nice. Um. I don't know. Uh, you know, I think it's a team that's probably going to get to the round of 32 and will be in a game that comes down to the final minute and either they'll win it or they will lose it. And that's uh, that's my take. But they are what they are as a team. They're fun at times, very frustrating at times, but they keep you on your toes. That's for sure. Uh, that is certainly for sure. Um, another text says, having Wheeler back is much needed solely for depth purposes. This is Wallace's team, but we need Wheeler down the road chip in minutes. I see Wheeler is a guy who gives a good 10 to 15 minutes a game and plays his role. And uh, as we alluded to before, um, it, it should maximize more out of Wallace. You should be able to get more with less. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of annoying Lawrence, TJ and Johnny's sister, that's true. Mm. I could see Chris Livingston emerging into an Alex Poitras type role. I think he can be a better than Alex Poitras type player. More impactful, but as we keep mentioning, like this is the time of the year to turn up your draft stock, and he is turning mm -hmm. up his draft stock. But that, I'll be all right with that. You know, if that happens, then Kentucky's going to need to find somebody to replace him. Maybe you already have somebody that in the recruiting class. Uh, or the idea of a sophomore Livingston's a lot of fun as well. But I, I, I'd rather him just keep improving and UK be better because of it this season. I think, uh, I think all three of those guys deserve to be kicked out. Floor seats come with certain expectations. You can't interfere with the game, whether it's on purpose or not. The armbar guys' contact looked more accidental than the other two friends were doing. People using the word assault need to slow down. Can we get Scoots to watch and give an unbiased take? I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. 
Uh, just search Florida fans, Florida fan. Um, it's out there, but yeah. I'll get to the next text. No, nah, it wasn't assault, but like it was, you know, if you did that to somebody just out in public, it'd be like, Hey, we're probably either fighting or something's like, you don't do that to people. You just don't do that to people. Not even in a game. You don't do it to people. John here. Good victory Thursday morning, my friends. I'm so glad a solid team effort and victory last night. Every player stepped up at a different part of the game. That's true, John. And that was awesome to see this team can make some noise in the big dance. I'm seeing a seven seed, man. I think we'll win it all. I'm so happy this team. We'll got to go talk to you later. Love the optimism, John. You keep it going. Good morning. Florida fan Lauren is the daughter of Pete Weber. It's kind of vague, but I think I heard her say, who do you think you are? I am. Is that a uh, joke? That I didn't great, get? great clip. Yeah, yeah. Just another great joke. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kentucky well, and nine with Alabama as their one. I think our boy Shelby Mass is losing some credibility. Oh, Shelby. No. I saw that this morning. I, I think Shelby was drinking. He made a Brandon Miller, like, gun joke. Um, he may, I, you know, I'm not assuming, I'm not, I don't want to make assumptions, but he may, it, you don't, and also you can't put UK in eight or nine with Alabama, the one, yeah, you just, can't. You just, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, Shelby. Uh, but he changes it every day. He'll get it right tomorrow. Brandon Miller looking like Kobe going from the courtroom to the court yesterday. Kind of wanted to make him to see, I kind of want to see them make a deep run to see CBS squirm. Uh, I think they probably will make a deep run. So we will see some squirming. We ran a blob play, baseline out of bounds to get top and a layup. John Calipari, elite mm, in-game awesome. coach. Yeah. Chris Jackson was awesome. Chimney Chaworski, one of the best sports docs I've ever seen, Roush. It's on YouTube, and it's an old basketball player who smoked like a chimney. That's, <laughs> that's, that's true. you got to check that out. Chimney Jaworski, that's a good one. It's one of the, it's on YouTube. Check it What'd out. What did you think, Scoots? Did you get the clip? I did, yeah. and it, I think the initial contact, nothing wrong with that. But, yeah, the guy with the, with the headlock. Little, little uncalled for. It was awkward, awkward movement from him. Mook, I wish I could get to your Brandon Miller text. We'll have to save that for tomorrow. But we did a good job on the text line. Only didn't get to a couple of them. So we'll finish it up tomorrow, Friday edition of Kentucky Roll Call. Hopefully I'll be back to 110%. Appreciate you all listening and texting into the Thornton's text line. We'll see you tomorrow, 7 a.m. This is KRC. Okay. And it's time for me to go. I'm